0: The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. And now, the Canadian Brewhouse
1: Overtime Open Line.
0: Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio,
2: 630 chat. And the chip over to Darnell Nurse. Ryan Strom has come on for
3: Edmonton. Nurse, beautiful move to the net. Red shot, score! And Edmonton completes a dramatic comeback in Winnipeg. Down three,
4: entering the third period. The Oilers score three in the third. And Darnell Nurse turns out the lights in.
5: With the winning medicine tonight, as the Edmonton Oilers do something that has been rarely done in the city of Winnipeg recently, and that is win. It looked very bleak for your Edmonton Oilers, down 4-1 early in the second period and still down 4-1, going into the third, but they rally to tie it, and then Nurse gets the winner. 5-4 for the Oilers, so the stretch of games away from home to start the season is over. The Oilers go 2-2 on that stretch. Connor McDavid had four points tonight, two goals and two assists. Those four points coming on the Oilers' first four goals of the game. He sets a new NHL record by figuring in on his team's first nine goals to start the season the old record Adam Oates 86-87 with Detroit he had points on his team's first seven goals thanks a lot for tuning in it's 8.58 along with Rob Brown I'm Reed Wilkins it's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auction Broadcast Centre for the first time this season the Japanese village goal light is on On the Oilers page on 630ched.com, you can go there and print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village. Three locations, downtown, south side and north side. Rob, it's 4-1 Winnipeg. You're going to the third period. Down 4-1 in Winnipeg. I stress that because the Jets at home last season were 32-7-2. And they'd already won a couple on home ice this year. And the Oilers come back not only to tie, but to win. How did they do it?
6: Well, at the end of the, the period, Jack Michaels and Bob were talking about, you know, what, what's going to happen in the third. And Bob suggested, well, you know, just try to win a period. You're not going to come all the way back. And, and Jack said, well, unless they score early. And it's true. That's the only thing they would have stressed in the dressing room after the second period. The others would have talked about trying to get something in the first three to five minutes, send a message, tell them we're not going away. The game had come so easy for the Jets through 40 minutes. There was no stress on them. There was no panic in their game. Uh, they they more, more or less had free will out there. Ratty scores a goal in the first 18 seconds of the period, puts a little life on the Oilers' bench, and all of a sudden the Winnipeg Jets, who hadn't had to work all night long, are now feeling a little bit of pressure. And they didn't handle the pressure well. And you need bounces. You need breaks. And the mistakes that the Oilers made early by taking a silly penalty, the too many men on the ice penalty, all of a sudden Winnipeg does. Cop takes a dumb penalty. You have the game in hand. And you take a stupid penalty. You throw a cajola down to the ice for no reason other than selfishness. And the Oilers score. And all of a sudden the game is on. And it's really hard when you've taken your foot off the pedal, which the Winnipeg Jets had done, to have to push down again. They just weren't able to do it. And the m Oilers just kept rolling and rolling, and they deserved it. Special
5: teams. The Oilers tonight did allow a power play goal against. The Jets go one for three with the man advantage, but the Oilers go two for two on their power play. Last in the league, obviously, last year. We've talked about that ad nauseum early this year, but four for 12. So 33% so far with the man advantage.
6: Well, you know, there's a lot of people that don't like the fact that the odds are throwing all the lefties out there, but you, you, you have to play with what you have. And, and that's what the Oilers' power play needs. Their they, best players are out there on the first power play unit. And with Connor McDavid having the ability to play on the opposite side, not where you normally would play, he's playing on his regular left, left-hand side, he has four guys to set up for one-timers. And the one thing that is amazing about him is if there is a puck that is a turnover or it bounces somewhere, his speed... Is so unbelievable that he's able to pounce on wide open chances, and it was so funny. There's one. I think it was the goal by uh, who was it scored late in the game? Oh, it was uh, Pulley Arvey's goal. Also, when when Connor McDavid was at the top of the circle when he passed it to Nugent Hopkins, he hits Pulley Arvey for the goal. Connor McDavid was almost the first person in for the celebration. He's that I'm like where did Connor McDavid come from? Like how is he in there that quickly? But that's the advantage that Connor McDavid has the uh, amongst other things is he is so quick and so fast that he can hunt down pucks in the offensive zone and he did it a number of times tonight.
5: You don't often talk about a goaltender in a positive way who is scored on four times in a game, and Cam Talbot was scored on four times in the first 21 minutes and two seconds tonight. He winds up with the win, making 29 saves on 33 shots.
6: Well, and Jack was talking during the thing. I mean, they were one power play goal probably away from chasing Cam Talbot. Uh, you know what, he he, he might have been gone, but in Grant Fuhrer, it's funny, we had you had him on the, the show earlier tonight, and he didn't talk about... Uh, how many goals he let in, goals against the average save percentage. He always made the save when they needed the save. Sometimes it was the fifth. Instead of give, giving up five, he gave up four because he made a big save at certain point of a hockey game. Cam Talbot made a number of those big saves. He saved a breakaway. Late in the game, Tanov has a breakaway. So, again, you got to give credit where credit is due. And Cam Talbot put behind everything that happened in the first 21 minutes. And then they, the Oilers were one shot away from losing this hockey game. If they give up the fifth goal, that's a, that's a breaker. Uh, you know, the, the, their night is done. But Cam Talbot made big saves. And eventually it was Hallibuck who who crumbled in the other end.
5: Milan Lucic was given a charging penalty at 10.22 of the third period with the Oilers still down a goal, so the Oilers did have to kill off that penalty. Did you think that was the right call?
6: No, it, it wasn't. Uh, I've seen charging penalties and that's usually when the guys got the the the, the roadrunner's feet going 100 miles an hour and running someone through the boards. They, they showed the replay. Milan Lucic did not take a stride from the top of the circle in. Now, the, the, the Jets may have argued that maybe, possibly, you could give a boarding call. But to me, it was no penalty. It was a bad call. And to, it, it was a late call by the referee that I think he sensed that the player may have been hurt and felt, uh-oh, did I miss something there? And put his hand up real late, and you can see that in the video. But, no, I can understand the frustration of Milan Lucic going to the penalty box. He didn't deserve that call.
5: The Oilers went 5-4 in overtime over the Jets. They trailed 4-1 after two periods. McDavid with four points. Nugent Hopkins, I've been refreshing NHL.com here, has been credited with three assists. Just going to refresh it one more time. We think there was four, but uh, regardless, Nuge had a good game tonight. This is an interesting one to talk about because you you, you saw the incredible comeback. You saw the Oilers, uh, you know, players who you were hoping were going to contribute on a depth level start, start to do that. But you also saw a lot of the Oilers' weaknesses tonight. They didn't start the game well. They took a really bad... Too many men on the ice penalty that allowed the Jets to eventually go up four-one, and and you saw their their depth defenseman struggle as well. Uh, you know, Benning was back in the lineup. He didn't he didn't play a lot, only eleven twenty-one. But I but uh, I, I thought it was a really tough night for Garrison. He wound up only playing nine minutes.
6: Well, the, there's a reason Garrison played last year in the minors. Um, he's on the back end of his career. Foot speed is not a friend to him, and Winnipeg is is a big, strong, fast hockey club and they pressured him and uh, he just he, he wasn't he did not have a good night they, they tried to protect Bouchard unfortunately they threw Garrison into the fire and he got burned. Second goal I mean he's got a short pass to Brodziak and floats it right to a Winnipeg player and three seconds later after Talbot made a great save it's in the net anyway. Well and then he gave it away then he couldn't catch up to his man it was his man that got not one chance but two chances so you made the one mistake then you compounded it with two more
5: boilers pull it out 5-4 over the jets they're two and two on the season we're happy to hear from you 780-496-0063 you can text 63630 our first caller tonight is robert robert we're also going to finish the play with you but first give us your thought on the game
7: well hey hey reed hey rob how you guys doing doing well well, well my well my first thought. My first thought tonight is I thought the Oilers were very resilient, especially in the third period. I thought the Oilers just, you know, simplified things and they got back to their game and they, they were able, able to find a way to pull it out. And also want to say it, I thought, you know, Talbot, despite allowing the four goals, I thought, you know, as you guys talked about, he made, made some key saves at key times to you know, allow the Oilers to eventually complete the comeback.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Now, you're right. You need goaltenders to make big saves at big moments, and and Talbot did that tonight.
5: Robert, I'm going to put you back on hold so you can hear the clue for finish the play. If you are correct here, we'll put your name in the grand prize draw for a one-hour rental at Fast Track Indoor Karting. That's from Fast Track Indoor Karting. Safe adrenaline-pumping fun, Fast Track Indoor Carding Edmonton, carding with a K.com What do we have for the clue, Kellen? She
3: puts the brakes on behind the net, looks for an on-rushing teammate, it's Ryan in front, rich hot.
5: Robert, that is a wrist shot chance from Kyler Yamamoto. The Oilers got three goals in the third period. Was that one of them? No. She
3: puts the brakes on behind the net, looks for an on-rushing
7: teammate, it's Ryan in front,
2: rich save on Yamamoto, rebound,
5: trickles wide. Big chance for Yamamoto to get his first NHL goal. Just under 14 minutes to go. Couldn't quite do it, but the Oilers do tie it later and win in overtime. Robert, stay on the line. We're going to put your name in the grand prize draw to uh, for the one-hour rental, the fast-track indoor karting. The Oilers change the lines here, Rob, as we look at our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts see a chiropractor, visit AlbertaChiro.com. Basically, Dreisaitl and Strom as centers Mm -hmm. were flipped, seemed to help. Uh, I mean, there's still McDavid, Hopkins still on the ice for most of the goals, but it it seemed to help, at least in some of the forechecking.
6: It it seemed to spark Leon. Uh, I I thought that once he he was freed from from Milan, he he seemed to have a little more jump in his game. Uh, There was more plays being made. When you play with Milan Lucic, it's it's a different kind of game. It's more of a a grind, throw pucks in deep, try to work it out of the corner, make a play that way. Uh, When all of a sudden he had Pugliarvi out there uh, on one side and Kajula on the other, there seemed to be a little more uh, playmaking. Uh, Plays could be made through the neutral zone. And Leon all of a sudden, it looked like he had a boost of energy. So I I don't know if that's going to go forward into the next game, but I wouldn't be surprised because it was flat. I mean, outside of McDavid's line through the first four games, nothing has worked offensively, so maybe this is a, a time. Maybe Milan Lucic now will move down and be a third-line guy for a little while, see what he can, can contribute with, uh, with Strom, who I thought actually Strom uh, in the third period. You saw a little bit of jump out of his game as well.
5: Text here to 630-630. Is Ty Ratty to Connor McDavid like Rob Brown was to Mario Lemieux? Well, I think you got to flip around <laughs> Lemieux and Brown. <laughs> but again, you know, good for Ratty. I I, yep. I still think he's, he's, he's playing well. I still think he's checking well. I, I mean, of course, it's not there every shift. He, he's he's going to have to battle and, and get through some struggles. But uh, again, I think he's making smart plays with the puck, generally putting it in a, in a better area than, than where he gets it. And, you know, unless your name is McDavid or line A or or guys like that, sometimes the really good scoring chances are are far between. But Raddy, that grade A chance tonight, right in that spot, and he made it count.
6: It was a great shot. Looking up and down the lineup that the Oilers have, uh, the right side for Connor McDavid, if it's not Leon Dreisler, I believe that Ty Raddy is your best option. He understands the game. Uh, He knows where to be. He knows where to put the puck. And the biggest thing for him, especially when you're playing with a Connor McDavid and for a little bit lesser, a Ryan Nugent Hopkins, is keeping plays alive. And he does that a lot in the offensive zone. He keeps plays alive. Instead of it dying on his stick... It, it, he's putting it in the right area. If he doesn't have a play, he's not turning it over, it's going the other way. He's putting it in an area where it allows Nugent Hopkins or McDavid to beat someone to the puck. If he's behind the net, instead of just throwing it blindly in front, he knows where those players should be and he puts it in that area. And that's what keeping the play alive is does. And now all of a sudden, Connor McDavid's in a 50-50 race with someone. He's going to win most of those. And all of a sudden, nothing play turns into a scoring chance.
5: Oilers win 5-4 in overtime. Dramatic comeback. They trailed 2-0 early. They trailed 4-1 early in the second period. In the third, Raddy McDavid and Puglia Yarby score. And then Nurse strikes in overtime. McDavid also has the first period goal. He has nine points in four games on the season. 7 8 0 We have Theo standing by. Theo, welcome to the show.
7: Hey, Rude, Hey, Rob. How are you guys?
5: Doing well.
4: Good, good. Um, yeah, so right off the bat, I think Oilers still need to do something about um, those starts. Yep. Going down 2 nothing, and then 4-1 into the third uh, is, is a tough to come back from. But that being said,
7: uh, good teams find ways to win, and I think they did tonight. Um, I think the third period was amazing. Halfway through, we were we were still down, but we were out-chancing the Jets uh, 5 nothing. In scoring chances, which was a big positive. At that point, I don't even care if we lose. I just like the hustle. Um, I also like the way that Todd mixed up the lines. May I liked pull you coming up onto Jai Settle's line, and I liked Lucic down on the third line. I think that's kind of more his speed, more his style of hockey, and it provides kind of some offensive upside down our lineup.
6: Thanks, Theo. No, you're right. I think I honestly believe that's the way you're going to see the lines come. Thursday against Boston, I think that uh, the Oilers generated something for the first time this season in the third period against the Winnipeg Jets. 5-4,
5: the Oilers win in overtime. We'll quickly check the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals with daily, weekly, monthly, and rent-to-own options. You can head to advantagetrailerrentals.com. Other NHL action, the Golden Knights up 2-0 on Buffalo. That's in the second period. The Devils shut out the Stars 3-zip. The Devils are 4-0. The Rangers get their second win of the year in a shootout, 3-2 against the Avalanche. The Flyers over the Panthers 6-5 in a shootout panthers remain winless they're oh 0-2 and two the canucks are four and two beating the penguins three two in overtime besser got the winner lightning knock off the hurricanes four two wild wind two one over the coyotes baseball playoffs it is one one brewers and dodgers in the sixth earlier the red Sox over the astros eight two all right we have alex from penticton on the line hi alex
4: hi guys how are you doing doing well god what a game um well, first of all, I like the I like the point you guys have already made. Another caller about uh, Puvirvey and uh, Drysaddle. You know, uh, I always thought the Lucchese Puvirvey and or I say Lucchese Yamamoto and Drysaddle line looked just uh, it's just weird right from the start. You know, having a little guy and a slow guy, and then you have a Drysaddle with that kind of. Uh, uh, you know, talent, and uh, it just looked it looked really good when you saw Pruvy Arby and Drysdale together, so I hope that uh, it keeps together. But you know what, guys? How about the emotions? tonight? Like, because it was the same thing. I mean, I thought, man, if this team goes down one and three, and then, oh, no, and, you know, it didn't seem like they could get it together. They had a couple of two-on-ones, and they couldn't even get a shot. And then when said that was a terrible call. It was like four-three, and I thought, oh, no, and then it just was one of these games where you just kept on pulling your hair out. And then finally, when they got that tying goal, and then their defense completely fell apart for about three minutes. I was going, to, I can't believe how bad their defensive game was. And I mean, how, how they pulled it out. And Nurse, what can you say about Nurse that overtime? I mean, I know I'm going to recall of the game, but I, I hope this is the springboard for this team uh, to get going at home. And, and I am going to give them an excuse about this. BS European trip they did, they did. I mean, I'm not, just didn't do them any favors at all. Um, all right. What can I say? I love the show and um, just top your in hell to get those two points and
5: okay, have a Boston. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Good to hear from you. That is Alex from Penticton checking in tonight. Obviously, when the Oilers' schedule came out, you knew it was going to be different with the road trip. Now, look, the Devils are 4-0, so mm-hmm. they, they, they've they handled it, well, perfectly, quite frankly. Uh, I think the even the bigger thing than the travel for me was, okay, New Jersey was in the playoffs last year. Boston was... <laughs> top six team. Rangers weren't that good last year. Winnipeg was second overall. Then you have Boston again. Nashville won the President's Trophy. Pittsburgh uh, has been good for the last 10 years and Washington won the Stanley Cup last year. Uh, and then they play Nashville again. But people, let's just look at those first eight. That was where people were, well, how, how are they going to do? Uh, you know, 500 on the road is okay. I mean, that's mm-hmm. usually what the minimum teams shoot for. Uh, I know a lot of people, you know, calling into my my evening show, Inside Sports, in the summer, or people I would just talk to would be like, "Do you think they can be 500 after eight games?" There was a lot of stress on those first eight games. Well, you feel a lot better, <laughs> you feel a lot better about it now, uh, if because this was far from a, a, a perfect game. I mean. There was a lot of times it was far from a good game, but it gives you a little bit of hope and maybe the team a little bit of confidence now coming home for the, for the opener against Boston.
6: Well, a couple things about the schedule. The teams they're playing, they were going to play them eventually. So it's not as though that uh, the, these games weren't going to be on the schedule if they didn't have them at the beginning of the season. And two, in all honesty, if you're going to play the tough teams like that, you want to play them early in the year because they're not at their peak. If you're going to have this schedule, you're playing these six games in a row, I'd rather do it off the hop than doing it in, in January or February or March when all of a sudden they're hitting their peak. You start playing Boston, and we saw what they Boston did last year at the end of the season. They're the best team in the National League because the good teams get better as the season goes on. So uh, the schedule is scary looking when you look at it, but as a player, get those games out of the way before they start getting to their best. And all of a sudden, the Oilers come out of this 500, and the schedule gets a lot better for them.
5: All right, Oilers win 5-4 in overtime. The game winner scored by this gentleman, Darnell Nurse.
8: Time winner, always going through your mind when you got possession of the puck there in the neutral zone? I just tried to, um, you know, get a, get a little bit of space. and heard a guy say, I heard a couple guys yelling, Skate, so um, found a hole and kind of just tried to read off the defenseman there we where was going to go. So, um, yeah, just tried to make a play for the guys. What do you? What's it like playing on Connor McDavid's team? He just sets another
0: NHL record, an NHL record tonight.
8: Yeah, carrying you guys for a while here. Oh yeah, it's um, each and each and every night makes an impact, and especially tonight. I think uh, going into the third, we could have went to two different ways easily. We could have just gave up, and uh, 18 seconds in, they make uh, you know his line makes a huge play and kind of sets the tone for the rest of the game. And you know when you have a leader like that, uh, everyone's gonna feed off it. And uh, like you say, he's such a special player, and for him to be able to set the tone every single game. It's, uh, it's incredible. Darnell, going back to your overtime goal, uh, not only did you show off your speed, but a lot of points kind of letting the play develop. Is that what you kind of saw just waiting for the seam
1: to open uh, on that left-hand side?
8: Yeah, I was trying to try and make a read uh, You know, just and just have confidence to kind of make a play. Um, that was what was basically going through my mind, just have the confidence to make a play. And, um, you know, at the same time, uh, you know, the guys helped me out there yelling skate, So uh, it, was, uh, it was a lot of fun and uh, good to get the right result. It was, a, it was a huge team win. Like so this guy set the tone there in the third and, and got us back in this game and it was good to be able to contribute at the end. There's a big difference between two and two and one and three. Uh, Can you maybe Tell us how big a difference it is. Well, for us, obviously, mentally, um, you know, having that, having that two and two, and, and having two uh, wins back to back, and showing that we're capable—you know, you don't want to be in a position where going to a period down three goals uh, ever. That's that's, uh, but to be able to, to pull it out, uh, and you're going to be in those positions every once in a while to, to be able to pull that out. Um, it's, it's huge for our mindset, obviously. Um, you know, it, it keeps the positive energy going in this room and, and uh, around the room too. You know, it's—we definitely feel the pressure. Um, uh, especially after the first two games, we felt the pressure a little bit. So it's it's good to you know, have two games with uh, the right result. All
5: right, that's Darnell Nurse, second overtime winner of his career. Remember, he scored in Vegas last year to give the Oilers a win over the Golden Knights. 5-4, Edmonton, shocking Winnipeg with a three-goal rally in the third period. And then the overtime win. Pavel texting in, he says, two questions for Rob Brown. Uh, do you sit Talbot for the Boston game or put in Koskinen?
6: No, I'd play Talbot.
5: Do we bring Bear up and put him into the next game and sit Benning?
6: I, I Benning wouldn't happens. be the one coming out of the lineup after tonight's game. It would be Garrison.
5: Yeah, I think that Bear will probably. I mean, we'll see. I mean, obviously there could be injuries or other things. I think Bear probably stays. He won't come in the up now. Until Bouchard goes back. Yeah,
6: because you'd, if to bring Bear up, you'd have to send someone down, and there's no one that they're going to send down. I would probably pull Garrison up, but Bouchard back in for the next game.
5: All right, nine twenty is the time of day. Five four, the Oilers beat the Jets in overtime. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Tony on the line. Hi, Tony. Yeah, how's
9: it going,
5: boys? Doing well. Um, you're,
9: you guys are going to be surprised, but actually, I didn't watch the last 25 minutes of the game. Um, after we let that fourth goal in, I actually, and this is this is the, the, the god truth. When I was for the new for the New York game, I was actually not watching, and we won. I did not watch this game, and we won. Um, I just want to know what's going on with us because you know we're, our defense isn't helping Talbot at all. Like, really, the 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 goal that the second goal Adam Lowry scored. There's an Oiler in the blue crease, but he didn't He didn't get the puck out of the net and it just barely went through. I just want to know, like, what do we have to do to either wake up so that we know that the game is on, or do we just have to keep hoping that Talbot bails our butts out? Because if we keep playing like this, there's no way we're going to even get a wild card position. I know it's a little early to be saying that, but I don't know about you guys, but I want Oilers to play a hockey back.
6: Well... Uh... <laughs> Talking about no way to get a wealth. I mean, the Oilers just won in Winnipeg. And Winnipeg are one of the favorites to win the Stanley Cup. No, it was not a perfect game, but I'm not thinking about negative things on a night like this. The Oilers have won two in a row, both on the road, uh, one against uh, an elite team in the National Hockey League. And you might say it wasn't a perfect win. Down 4-1, well, the Winnipeg Jets didn't play a perfect game either, and the Oilers won in their arena. So... I'm looking at positives. This is a uh, something to build off. As far as the goal that didn't get pulled up by the defense, and that was Benning. It wasn't his man. That was Garrison It messed up. Benning in the crease, tried leaving his man to get back in time to get the puck off the goal line. That was on Garrison. This team's not perfect. There are warts on it. They're, they need something better on the back end. We knew that the loss of Secro would hurt them, and it does. Yep. But again, mm-hmm. uh, on a night like this, I'm celebrating the fact of the comeback. And what this team is capable of doing. Now, I don't think, I didn't think the New York Ranger game, if they won or lost, dictated whether they're going to be a playoff team or not, and neither did tonight. But both Reed and I said at the very beginning of the season that the Oilers will be a team that is going to battle for a playoff spot. I didn't change my mind after they lost the first two, and I haven't changed my mind after winning these last two that they're going to be better than that. But to me, tonight is, I'm, I'm, I'm celebrating the fact that that was a great win in a very, very tough place to win. All right, Mike from Ottawa is on line six. Mike, it's nice to hear from you.
1: How's it going, guys? Doing well. Go ahead, buddy. Hey, man, I just got to say, um, you know, the Oilers have been on a really long road trip. They got family. Some of them do. Some of the young guys, you know, trying to meet the girls or whoever. You know, these days we're cool with whatever. But um, all I got to say is... <laughs>
7: <laughs>
1: like, there we go. Wow. And, and other than that, boys, you know, I got to say that um, Drysaddle had a better game. You know, he's working his way up. And I have to say that uh, McDavid quietly, do the math, is over two points per game, which, you know, is not bad. Nurse, amazing move in OT. And you see and everybody's, you know, have different opinions on the kid. It's nice to see him smile and get in on a goal at the end of the game. And uh, I just got to ask you guys what you guys think Shirelli's going to be doing with the LTIR that Sechra's um, got good, us right now. That's like, a good you know, question. It's not, it's not five million, but maybe it's a couple million because he might come back. Who knows? We have to plan for that. What do you guys think? Have a good night. Thanks. Yeah. Well, you
5: know, Shirelli's not out of the woods here either. No. Let's let's, rem- yeah. <laughs> let's remember that. Uh, I mean, I think you can question the uh, the depth on this team and some of the decisions he's made. Uh, I mean that that that's tough. Uh, I mean I don't know if he's going to rush. It. Well, he might have to. I mean they they don't they're not they're not deep enough defensively. But I don't know what you're going to sacrifice. And eventually Sekera will will be healthy. It is not a year ending season ending injury. So then you can't activate him and be over the cap. I mean you yeah. can't just cut guys. It's not junior high volleyball. <laughs> as
6: far as I know. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it, it's a tough situation because the Oilers' back end isn't good enough right now. I mean, we Bouchard. They're in this, four guys, yes, basically. In last my opinion, in my opinion, Bouchard is going back to junior. So now, all of a sudden, it's it's a Benning with a Garrison or a possibly a Bear coming up. And Garrison, I don't think he's the answer. I don't. I think uh, he his foot speed isn't there anymore, especially when you play against the good teams in the Western Conference. A lot of good teams, but as Reed was saying, that I don't know what you do. The Oilers aren't deep enough up front that they can afford to trade anything of value to get someone to fill a spot. The Oilers don't have enough money when Sekra comes back in the salary cap to afford to have a big-name big player or a big-money player. I think the Oilers are going to go with what they have right here and hope. And unfortunately, at times, when the Oilers start getting into a tough, amount of the, tough part of the schedule and they're playing a number of games in a short period... They're going to have four very, very tired defensemen because they play yep. four defensemen and they actually really play about seven forwards. So the Oilers right now have had the luxury. Tom McClellan's had the luxury of all these days off between games. It's not always going to be like that.
5: Yeah, and, and this game's interesting to me because I really think it highlights the Oilers' strengths and the weaknesses. They have some depth forwards who can play well and mm-hmm. can forecheck. They don't do it nearly often enough. Yep. And, you know, you know, they have they have some depth defensemen who, I mean, you said it. Rob Garrison was in the AHL last season. Mm-hmm. Now, sure, Vegas, you know, had a great season. But still, he, he wasn't one of their top seven or eight guys.
6: And uh, no other team in the National Hockey League was trying to get him.
5: Yeah. so uh, James on the text line doing his best Gene Principe impression. He says, Winnipeg just found out you can't nurse a three-goal lead against the Oilers. Oh, very good, very witty. <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, Jay says, uh, with Lucic being on the third line and dry Drysyle line getting a shot of energy, is the writing on the wall for a Lucic trade? Well, absolutely not. Jay. No. He has he has a no move clause, so I, I know there were rumors about uh, maybe some trade discussions in the in the summer, but I, I don't think uh, I, I the writing is not on the wall. Let me let me put it that way. Well, that's, that's a long shot. A
6: he's, a he's a no trade, and B if he were ever to agree to it it's a lot harder to move a guy with $6 million, $6 million a year during the season because you're probably going to have to move stuff out. So I do not see anything happen with Milan Lucic.
5: All right, Connor McDavid has nine points in four games. He set a new record tonight by getting a point on his team's first nine goals of the season. Back to Winnipeg. Here's your captain. I'm
7: not uh, not overly proud of it. I don't think it's a
8: stat we should be proud of either. It is what it is. Um, you know, We found a way to get a goal there at the end, so we don't have to ever talk about it again.
1: How does it feel to be going home now? You're finally going to get a
3: home game going home on a note like this. It's
8: good. good. Um, you know what? 2-2 two and two on the road trip. We'll take it. Um, we'll start knowing. 2 on the road trip and find a way to get two big wins and, and two tough buildings, especially this one. they um, yeah, will definitely take it home. What does that do for a team? You're, you're... You, know, you give up some early goals. It's looking ugly. It's 4-1. You storm back in a tough building and you beat a team. Uh, how much is this worth to the psyche of this club? It's good. It proves that we can we can play with anyone. It's a team that, that is going to compete for for the Stanley Cup again. They did last year, and I think I would expect them to do the same. Um, you know, we came into a tough building and found a way to get uh, two points and come back on them. So you know, we can feel good about it. But uh, we got to build momentum here. Connor, where does the comeback say about the resiliency of the club? Yeah, that's good. You know, we easily could have packed it in, came out for the third period, and you know, just you know, felt sorry for ourselves and got out here with, uh, with a big, big uh, beat down. So you know, we licked our wounds and uh, found a way to get a win.
5: All right, that is Connor McDavid, two goals, two assists tonight, helping the Edmonton Oilers knock off the Winnipeg Jets five four in overtime. The only goal he does not figure it on turns out to be the overtime winner. Some other highlights for the Oilers here on the score sheet. Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins with three assists. We think that might be changed to four. Right now it's three assists. Pooley Yarvey scores his first of the season. Uh, Nurse and Raddy get goals. Leon Dreisaitl winds up with a couple of assists. Dreisaitl also 63% in the faceoff circle. Kyle Brad- Brodziak did not play a lot, only 7-14, but he went a perfect 6-for-6 six six in the faceoff circle. Connor McDavid goes 9-for-13 in the face-off circle. This is a nice treat here for the Oilers. They won 62% of the face-offs tonight, which has been... A franchise weakness uh, going back several years for the Oilers. The final shots, 35-33 in favor of Edmonton. They come on in the third and uh, tie it and get the win in overtime. That was the only shot for either team. The Nurse goal that was scored in the extra session. The three stars, McDavid with four points, Adam Lowry, who scored twice in the first eight minutes for Winnipeg, and then Nurse named the third star. Edmonton two for two on the power play. The Winnipeg Jets go one for three. All right, we know we got a lot of calls on the board. We are getting... In you're still gonna, we're up. We are getting, uh, are getting in if you've called 780 496 0063. You will also hear from head coach Todd McClellan. This is Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auction Broadcast Center.
1: Live Oilers hockey
0: is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. Yamamoto flicks it
5: out to the point. Russell had to get past him. Here comes Brandon Tanner. We're going to give Winnipeg the lead. Back hitter
3: die. Cam Talbot, a huge stop.
5: Well, that was with the game tied 4-4 with 4:52 left in the third period. In fact, about a minute and a half after Yessi Pouliarvi had tied it for the Oilers, Talbot turns away Tanev. The save of the game, courtesy Jiffy Lube, keeping you moving to and from the game, ca. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. The Oilers rally for a 5-4 overtime win over the Winnipeg Jets. Darnell Nurse gets the winner. Pouliarvi tied it, and we have Travis on line four. Travis, welcome to the show.
7: Hey guys, uh, yeah, that um that first goal by Darnell Nurse, that was uh, that was that was awesome there. I mean the last one that they scored. But uh, I really like PRV on dry side of the line. I said that from the start of the season after I watched uh, the the preseason and uh, I, I knew there was something there. I was thinking Reader on his left wing, but now seeing how tenacious Kajula has been playing, he could be that kind of pesky Gallagher type in and around the net. There might be something there with those three, and I do like Luch down on the third line. He's more suited for that role, kind of that chip and chase, and maybe he can mentor you know Yamamoto in around the net. I just wanted to mention about um, Vancouver. There, like uh, I'm really positive and happy for the team, but Vancouver um, with how they're getting beat up and pushed around and all that since Dorsett's gone, and they got a lot of young uh, players over there. I would love to see somehow them try to work a deal, maybe retain a million. But try to, I know he's got a no-move clause, but there can be some work there. It's a new regiment. The Sedins are gone. It's all rookies. Move Lou Cheech over there. They can get him for $25 million, five years. Put him over there. Maybe uh, something like that would work out.
5: Okay. Thanks, Travis. Appreciate the call. 780-496-0063. He mentioned Kajula and uh, 1156 of ice time tonight. And oh, he's shown, you know, he sh- didn't play the first game, and he's shown some willingness to, to make sure he's noticed since he got back in the lineup.
6: Yeah, what you like about him is, and we saw this with Kara last year. Kara at the beginning of the season wasn't playing well, went up to the press box and came back and looked like a different player. is uh, the same thing. I, I think there was expectations or hopes that Kajula could be a top six player with some offensive pedigree and play that way in the National Hockey League. Well, what we've seen thus far, it doesn't seem like he has that, but he's got a tenaciousness. He's got a, a willingness. He's fought. He throws checks. Tonight he took, it was the penalty against him. He, he, he bugged someone on the other team, that coop, who threw him down by the face that created a power play that created a goal. So yeah, I liked what he's done. Now, I don't know if he is going to be a top six player here and if he's going to stay with Leon Dreisettle, but what we've seen from him you like, and he's earned more and more ice time from Todd McClellan.
5: Speaking of Todd McClellan,
6: let's go back
5: to Winnipeg. Here's the Oilers head coach. Is it just more a feel during that second intermission that there there, there was better yet to be played by your team? Actually, we talked about it between the the
0: first and the second, and the message there was we just got to get a lot better in our zone, come out cleaner, and Uh, play in their end for a little bit they uh, you know they weren't as sharp maybe as they'd like to be as well so uh, we carried that theme through the second and third and then went to three lines and um, guys responded well we're happy for uh, for the group it's a big win for us can you
3: quantify the difference between
0: two and two and one and three going well you know we talked about this back in Edmonton at the beginning of the year uh, records are magnified immensely. Uh, power play numbers, penalty kill numbers are really magnified because there's nothing else to go on. And there'll be a lot of teams in the league that go 1-3 and three or 2-2 two and two over a four-game span in the next six and a half months. Uh, in fact, it'll even happen in the playoffs. And it uh, just so happens at the beginning of the year, it really becomes a, uh, a talking point. You guys really don't have anything else to talk about because it's nothing's been established yet. Uh, but at two and two is a lot better than one and three. If if I'll answer your question honestly. We have to talk about pretty much every game. So what do you say? Well, you asked me this morning about players in the league. know, I rest my case.
10: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he looked like he just took the ball by the horns
0: <laughs> there. Well, I did. He's he's our captain. He's our leader. He's, in my opinion, the best player on earth right now. And uh, he decided that he was going to will his team to to a win. He got some help uh, around him, which is a, a nice change. And um, other lines found a way to at least keep momentum alive. Maybe not score, but keep the momentum alive.
8: Uh, Jesse
0: played really good. In the third. Three. Jesse played well uh, most of the night. He even, you know, he he did some line shuffling. Um, he played well in uh, in New York. He played well uh, here again tonight. He looks like he's starting to regain that confidence again. And uh, he was a force. Sorry, you're finally getting some home games now. How does it feel to be going home on a really good note like this? Well, it's, you know, like Spec said, two and two is a lot better than one and three. And, and going home oh. with a win and a comeback win is is real important. But um I use the term often. You guys hear me say we can't give anything back the next night, and the Boston team's a pretty darn good one, so we better be prepared.
1: Tom, how did you execute the game plan, or how did the team execute the game plan differently in the final 20 minutes of regulation and into overtime?
0: Well, we didn't execute the game plan in the first 20, so uh, the rest of it kind of fell into place, and, and um, we stuck with it. I thought going to three lines. Uh, created a little more rhythm for some of our star players. Um, they would play, they would get off and rest and just be ready to go again. It didn't have that one more pause. Uh, it was unfortunate for some players didn't get a lot of ice time in the in the third, but um, we got the job done. What happened in the first you know, when you got down
5: to another just poor defensive play
0: all, all around or just to get that one defensive pair that was... Um, well, we, we got beat up a little bit with a pair, but we also got uh, hesitant. Um, right off the bat, the first shift, the first three or four shifts, they got to every loose puck in our zone, and as a result, they had us running around. So we were we were prepared to defend, but we weren't prepared to go get loose pucks and get going on offense, and um, can't play that way. So no guy has ever, no player has ever been in on their team's first nine goals of a season in the history of the NHL. What should we think of that stat? It's it's remarkable. Um, doesn't surprise me. The again the player that did it. Um, it also is a reflection on the rest of our team. We've got to get going. We can't just rely on one individual. So there's a ton of positive. Don't take anything away from Connor. And there is some uh, let's get going, fellas. Um, you know, kicker chats that that. Uh, some guys have to receive So, here on the bench can you see Darnell taking the puck there and just saying oh maybe something good could happen here well it was it kind of opened up and then there was a pause in the play and um, uh, one of their forwards I'm not sure if it was Ehlers or who it was took a lunge at him and, and a lot of times in three on three when you lunge and you don't get uh, the other players are picked up and it, it opens up for a second so um, give him credit he told me Trent Yanni's been showing him that after practice and I've known Trent for 40 years. That's not in his game. So. <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was lying. Yeah, he was lying. <laughs> what about early going with Cam? They didn't help Cam out one day their first just... We didn't help him out. Um, he made some big saves, I think, the breakaway in the third. Yeah. Uh, he made some yeah. saves on the late uh, penalty kill that we needed to get. So
1: he was... He was fine. Todd, to piggyback me on the Darnell question, have you seen an offensive wrinkle added to his game? Because he mentioned that coming into training out that he wanted to work on that side of his game.
0: He uh, actually, quite, quite honestly, early in the year, I thought he was cheating for offense, and it affected his defensive game. He's starting to settle in now, and as a result, he's getting more... More offense, um, more offensive opportunities, more offensive looks. He's arriving on time, um, so he's he's become a pretty solid player for us.
5: That's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. Darnell Nurse gets the winner in overtime, Edmonton over the Jets, five-four. The Oilers trailed four-one going into the third. Rob, he was asked about the overtime winner. Little joke there about that. The, he he's skeptical that Trent Yanni taught Darnell that move because he said Yanni doesn't have that uh, in his game. But that was, that was a kind of a funny play because Nurse brought the puck up quite, quite slowly through the neutral zone, and, and then bang—he kind of stepped between two Jets at the blue line and went in.
6: Well, he was surveying what was going on, and I, I think it was Ellers as well. But three on three, it, it's more or less man on man. You can't really play a zone coverage because there's too much ice time or ice around for guys to. To, to beat you with. So you try play man to man, and Ellers' man was standing at the blue line, so Ellers was standing still. So as he lunged at him, he lunged hoping to deflect the puck, but he had no intention of making a play on Nurse other than that, because his player was standing still at the blue line, and he was gonna stay with him. The problem for, for the Jets is, the player that was taking Nurse there, the defenseman, had backed so far in, and all of a sudden Nurse gets by Ellers, and he's like, I got all the time in the world. And Nurse isn't known for his goal-scoring ability, but if you give just about any player in the National Hockey League that much time to think of where you want to put the puck and that much room to be able to do it, they're gonna pick the corner they want. And the goalie has no chance. If, if Nurse picks where he wants to put the puck and hits that spot, the goalie has no chance so it was a great play by nurse but when you have that much time you can survey and figure out what you want to do and no one forced him and he made the right choices we have
5: rob on the line hey rob
6: thanks for calling hi oh gee thanks finally
5: hey uh well that could have gone either way eh? <laughs>
2: that was terrible like you just didn't know what was going to happen there i mean i shouldn't say it was terrible it was awesome but uh man you just didn't know what was going to happen um I just want to talk a little bit about McDavid. Uh, And I know it's probably been talked about enough, but, you know, we've been hearing rumblings from out east about, uh, uh, you know, they're starting to talk about Matthews being better. Well, I'll tell you what, um, if Matthews was on this team, do you think he would have been on every goal, every you know, nine goals? Um, I think McDavid's just unbelievable and uh, is carrying this team. And I, I would shudder to think, uh, what this team would be like without him. Now, having said that, um, I t- totally love the effort. Uh, finally, they came through. Uh, you could tell with McClellan's uh, uh, interview, you <laughs> almost said they finally showed up to help him out. You could tell that he's getting frustrated, too, I, I think, with, uh, you know, it just seems to be the McDavid show. Uh, although I mean it's great, but uh, he definitely needed help. I was you know, I was really happy to see Pulley arvey pot one in, and I think he should be up. Uh, anyway, I guess that's all I got to say, except for uh, one of just one one other little thing. Just the uh, you know how last year when we were so excited about the winning the first game, um, and of course we all <coughs> saw what happened after that. Hopefully, this uh, winning this you know on the fourth game, maybe that'll help us. You know,
5: in a different way, like compared to last year. But anyway, thanks, right. Rob. Thanks. Appreciate it. Well, the Oilers won their first game last year and then lost their next four. So they were well at this point in the season. They were they were one and three, and then they they were one and four. I I, I mean, I, I the the concerns are there. You know, Rob Rob said it. Maybe David needs some help. You're not going to go. You're you're not going to be a great team without depth. Maybe you can be a good team with one really awesome player and. Some guys doing good things some of the times. But they're, they're going to need more. That's why I say this game to me highlights all the Oilers' strengths and all their weaknesses. I think you, you saw them all tonight. You, you saw a lot of weaknesses uh, early and you saw a lot of strengths late. If you're on hold, we will get to you. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, Oilers come back to win 5-4 in overtime. Canadian Brew House overtime open line from the Osmond Auction Broadcast Centre. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. This is the Canadian
1: Brewhouse Overtime Open Line
0: on Oilers Radio,
2: 630 Clearing, led by Clefong to McDavid, down the middle of the ice,
5: drag move, with rich shot score, tight right corner, Ty Ratty. We said Edmonton need to get one in the first five minutes. They get one 18 seconds in. That's the goal that ignited the comeback for the Oilers. They get three in the third and win in overtime. Darnell Nurse scores in the extra session, 5-4 the final. Connor McDavid with four points. He has nine on the season. All right, we want to rattle off some calls here quickly. We have Adam calling in. Go ahead, Adam.
10: Hey, uh, calling in from uh, Ottawa. I'm a Thank you. Fan. I was hey. just tuning into the game tonight. Honestly, I was, came in when I was 4-1. I was actually coming in to laugh at the Oilers, but, like, this McDavid kid is just unreal. Like, I came in watching that game and just became a fan of the guy.
6: Well, he's got a lot of those. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty amazing. We're pretty lucky out here.
10: Insane. Second note was uh, I was really impressed with uh, Pauly Irby. I, sh- I don't know why the Oilers uh, did not keep him with Dreisaitl or McDavid early on, but that kid needs to be playing in the top six. Complete game changer for the oh. Oilers.
5: All right. Thanks, Adam. Well, we'll see. I, I mean, they may start the next game with the way the Lions finish tonight, so that'll be something to watch for when they get back at practice tomorrow. Greg is on the line. Hi, Greg.
10: Hi, Greg. Hey guys. How's it going?
5: Doing well. Go ahead, man.
10: Uh, well, first I want to say I think that uh, Benning and Garrison they struggled uh, in the first period, but I think they kind of got it together um, later on in the game. But uh, it's nice to see the Oilers uh, have a comeback win, but... Um, However, that being said, um, the second and third period, especially the third period, that's what we need the Oilers to. to how we need the Oilers to play um, from start to finish. I know it's easier said than done, but um, their power play looks a little bit better tonight. But I still think there's a lot of things they need to work on. Um, the other question I have for you guys is: um, I agree with the other caller. Like uh, Puley RV does need to be in the top six. However, I don't have very much faith in um, the Oilers. Management group and coaching staff to make the right decisions because of uh, well, well, last what ten years. So, um, just wanted your thoughts on uh, on their power play, um, all the left shots, and uh, yeah. we are being in the top six.
6: Okay, thanks, Greg. Well, What's their power play on the season now? Four for 12. Four, so that's pretty good. I mean, that that would be near the top in the league at the end of the season. The, the Oilers don't have a, a pure pure shooter yet. They're hoping Pugliarvi turns into it. We saw again tonight, they talked about his one-timer complete whiff on one, on, on a setup where he missed the puck completely. Um, Look, they don't totally trust him yet.
5: Nope, they don't. Uh, some bad line changes this, this Not season. Not understanding
6: yep. where to be at the right times. It'll come, they hope. But it's not there yet, and it's hard to argue with the power play right now. Four for 12, two for two tonight. Their power play, their last two games, have won them the hockey games.
5: We have Rocket on the line. Rocket, go ahead. We don't have Rocket on the line. <laughs> we have, we,
6: <laughs> well, unless that was R2-D2. Maybe that, Maybe he's talking in code.
3: <laughs> Terry is on the line. Go ahead, Terry. Rob Reed, haven't talked to you guys for a heck of a long time, but, you know, 45 minutes sitting here on the phone waiting. Holy mackerel, you know. We got a lot of people uh, calling in, Terry. What's I on know, your mind? I know, I know, I know. I hope those endless area farmers <laughs> are happy. Listen, uh, what I came away with from the uh, uh, pre-season uh, games and the games up to date and tonight's game was, uh, you know, the coach and general manager can remove their blindfolds. They've got another, they got one more game, uh, you know, <laughs> to, to fight another day, if you like. There's an irony in this game. I don't know if you realize it or not, but the magazine I've got lists Darnell Nurse as the first, the fourth worst shooter in the entire National Hockey League when it comes to shots sudden goal. Seriously, like, Seriously? like shooting percentage? For shooting percentage or. or- I don't know what it is, shooting percentage or actually goals or whatever, but um, I looked at that when we were doing our hockey draft this year, and I thought, oh, my God, I'm not taking that guy. And he turns around and he scores the overtime winner. I mean, (laughs) talk about an
6: irony. It was was a beautiful shot. It was a nice play by Darnell Nurse.
5: All right, uh, Luke, we are tight for time. Uh, You got 45 seconds. Fire away, buddy
7: uh hey guys uh yeah it's uh, Luke from Ottawa. I was just uh wondering wh- what do you guys uh think the slow starts or inept defensive play at the start of games especially it seems that's carried over from last season uh can be attributed to i mean in preseason it looked like things were and i know you can't really go based on preseason uh if the lineups are a little shuffled but i mean <laughs> it really i mean it, it really looked yeah, it's combobulated.
5: Well, like I said, they've they've trailed three three, one after the first period twice and early in the second period. In, uh, against New Jersey, so they've been falling behind. Hey,
6: honestly, I don't know what it is and it's something that's plagued the Oilers for a number of years. If the coaches could figure it out, they probably would fix it. If the players knew what it was, they would fix it, but it's something that needs to be corrected. or You're not going to have comebacks like this all year long.
5: Alright, the Oilers finally have a regular season home game. It is Thursday night. We'll have it for you on 6.30, Chad. 5.30 for the face-off show. Game will start at seven. We'll have the face-off show and overtime open line from the brand-new Studio 99 for all games at Rogers Place. Nurse in overtime, four points for McDavid. Oilers beat the Jets 5-4. Thanks to our studio producer, Kellen Kennedy. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. This has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auction Broadcast Centre. Have a great night.